Anybody excited to be in church today? How many of you believe that if God will do it for one person, God can do it for you as well? I love this story, and it just paints such a picture of the character of God. God never changes, and uh, I don't know what you're going through in your life, but we believe that God is alive, and we believe that there's hope for every single person in this room. Hey, you can be seated for those at home. You can take a seat on your couch, wherever you're at. We're so glad. Uh, we love you, online audience. Uh, we're so delighted that you're with us today. And uh, maybe today's your first time here at Celebration. I know it can be super intimidating uh, to be here. So if it is your first time, I'm going to ask you to actually come down to the front. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That was always my greatest fear going to church. And the churches that my mom would take me, they were a little bit smaller, and so they can get away with doing things like that. And so it was, <laughs> man, it was intimidating. But no, this is, a, this is a place that you can absolutely belong before you ever believe like we believe. We're not here to convince you of anything. We're just here to talk to you about Jesus, and uh, we're excited. Uh, today I'm going to be reading a story out of the book of Mark, Mark chapter 5, and, and I believe that this story uh, is applicable in so many ways for so many of us, regardless if if you're 15 or you're 95 years old. I believe that this is going to speak to you today, and I hope that God would help us. It says this in verse 2. It says, When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put in chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and he smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and he ran to meet him and he bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. About a year ago at this time, it was obviously Easter, and, uh, and I, I, I was on this campus, and it was empty. It was, it was empty, and uh, it was as empty as Jesus' tomb was on Easter. It was absolutely empty, and um, that's kind of shocking on an Easter to see a church building empty. Uh, obviously, a virus had entered the picture and really just seemed to cause life to pause. Um, this virus has affected so many people in so many different ways. Maybe for you, you've been affected directly by the virus. You know, I know there's people that... Uh, would normally be attending this service that lost their life during this process because of the virus. Jennifer, we see you in the chat rooms and we're praying for the Ramos family. We're praying for complete healing and restoration. And we're praying for your sons. And your husband is celebrating today. And we just declare the peace of God and healing over that home. You see, this virus was real to so many people. But maybe for you, you weren't affected directly by the virus, but perhaps you were affected by the effects that came with the virus. You know, your office building may have been shut down. Maybe you lost your job. For some of us, 
We were trapped in our homes with our spouses, and maybe they drove you crazy, and you guys aren't even living with each other anymore. I don't know. But the virus has affected so many different people. We have all been affected, maybe not by the specific virus, but by a virus. Maybe it's been the virus of rejection that you've experienced this past year. People that should have never left your side didn't just leave you, but they rejected you. Maybe it's the virus of sickness. Maybe you were diagnosed with something this past year that you never thought would happen to you. Maybe it's the virus of depression. You're dealing with depression. You're doing everything to gain control over it, but you can't seem to wake up and be yourself anymore. You know, it's crazy. Statistics would show how crazy this is that even in in Japan, in just the month of October, more people lost their lives to suicide than they did through COVID the entire year. They say that one out of four people, that's 25% of people under the age of 30, have considered taking their life because of the effects of a virus. We've all been exposed to a virus, and, and I don't want you to think we're talking about a specific one. I'm just talking about a problem that perhaps is bigger than you. This man in this story, he had experienced his own virus. He did everything he could to, to take control of it, but it seemed to just remind him how powerless he really was. Even when people would try to help him, they try to chain him up. They were still no match for what he was experiencing. I don't know if you feel like that today. Maybe, maybe you do. You've done everything you know to do, but there's just that one area that I can't seem to get a grip of. It's a virus, and we've all been exposed to one. This man's virus didn't lead him just, just to sit there. This, 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 this virus led this man towards something. Why? Because viruses, they're going to lead to vices. It's going to lead to vices. This man didn't just sit there experiencing his virus. He started doing things to distract him from his problem. Have you introduced things into your world? Not to bring help to you, but ultimately just to distract you from the pain that you're feeling. I know when I think about my own life, there's things that I personally have struggled with my entire life. And when this virus shut down all of the noise, I was forced to sit there with myself. And I had to do things. I had to busy myself, not to fix the problem. I had to busy myself to distract me from a virus. For a lot of us today, we, we've started doing different things to, to numb the pain that we feel. Maybe for you, you've jumped from relationship to relationship just to distract you from the pain that you feel when you're alone. For some of us, we've turned to alcohol or we've turned to different things to numb the pain that we feel. We can't stand to be with ourselves. This man would start to cut himself. He didn't cut himself because it felt good. He cut himself to distract himself from the real problem. But the thing is, is this man, his problem was a spiritual problem. And you can't fix a spiritual problem with a natural solution. I know you think that your vice is helpful, 
But can we read the story? This vice is harmful. But I love Jesus because Jesus did not leave this man to figure it out by himself. Jesus didn't leave this man to try to come up with a new solution every single week to distract himself from the virus he was experiencing. It says that Jesus went the distance to get to this man. Jesus went the distance to go across the lake to meet this man. I want you to know today that Jesus desires to know you. And you may think you accidentally tuned in or showed up to a building, but Jesus already knew this is the place he would find you. I know a lot of us think that we found Jesus, but I'm telling you, he found you. And he didn't just find you today to sit here and talk to you about why you're going through what you're going through. Jesus is not here to talk to you about all the bad decisions that you've made. For some of us, the problems you're facing are a direct result of your decisions. But Jesus is so consumed by you. He loves you so much. He's not here to deal with you. He's here to deal with the virus in your life. You see, when you get Jesus, you find victory. And victory is accessible to every single person. The search for the right vice can end today. You know, yesterday when I was reading this story, I, I, was, I was praying because you can get up here and like try to memorize something and say it, but that, that just doesn't work for what we do. God, if you don't have something to say, I'm going to get up there and it's, and it's going to be bad. But I really believe with all of my heart today, there's something that God wants you to know today. And uh, you may not believe in God. That's okay. There was a day I didn't believe in God either. I mean, I knew he was like real, but I didn't really know God, know God. I knew my mom's version of God. I knew my dad's version of God, but I didn't know him for myself. But in verse 7, it's interesting because this man possessed by this, this demon, this man that has experienced this virus in his life, he runs out to meet Jesus, and he looks at Jesus, and from within, the demon looks at Jesus and says, why are you here interfering with me? I believe that God wants you to know today that he is here to interfere with your problem. He is here to interfere with what's been messing with you. He is here to interfere with the sickness. He's here to interfere with the confusion. Uh, but you're like, I don't know how I'm going to find freedom. It's not your job to figure that out. Jesus wants to show you who he really is. Can I tell you something? Jesus takes your problem personal. He takes it personal. That thing that's been messing with you, it messes with Jesus. That thing that's been irking you, it irks Jesus. That thing that keeps you up paralyzed in fear every single day, it messes with Jesus. He takes it personal. When I was in elementary school, um, we'd obviously go to lunch. That was my favorite part of school was lunch. And uh, man, I was, I was a big kid. 
people, they thought I was like the yard duty teacher. They didn't think I was a student. But one day I went to the cafeteria and I had this little card and they'd swipe your card and you, you were always to put money on the card so you could access lunch throughout the day. So my mom had just, you know, and she had to front a big bill because I had two lunches. I said, swipe that two times. I want two pizzas today. I did that. So normally for a normal kid, it's like 30 bucks a month. But for Andrew Nava, $60 a month. So my mom, I mean, she, she did a lot to get that 60 bucks for her. Just, that's just for lunch. 60 bucks. So she knows she paid it. And so I go to lunch, and they're swiping it, and it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. So I get home. I'm hungry, extra hungry, because I didn't have lunch. And I'm like looking at my mom, like, Mom, can you, when are you going to make something? Did you, not just, did you not just eat a few hours ago? I'm like, I, I did, but the card wasn't working. Don't mess with a mama from Mexico. She looked at, what do you mean that? And this is all in Spanish, and there were some cuss words. Just kidding, and I'm not going to say it. But she was, the next day, she marches down. She took it personal. Why did she take it personal? Because she knows what she paid on that thing just a few days ago. Can, can I tell you why Jesus takes your problem personal? In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 through 15, it says this. Speaking of Jesus, this is why he takes it personal. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Can I tell you why he takes your problem personal? Because two days ago, he paid such a significant price for you to find the freedom that you thought he died on a cross to become a picture that you can post in your house. That price was significant enough for you to experience freedom in every area of your life. Verse, I'm spitting everywhere. It's six feet away. That's why no one's sitting on this front row. It's like, a, it's, what is it, at, a, at a SeaWorld? They got the, the splash section. Kenny, he's not afraid to get splashed. Verse 15 says, in this way, on that cross, can I tell you what he did? On that cross, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Jesus takes your problem personal because he's already paid for you to win. He paid for you to have victory. When he died on that cross, he paid for your peace. When he died on that cross, he prayed for your health. When he died on that cross, he paid for your, your family. Can we stop tolerating things that Jesus already paid for? Victory belongs to you. It's not going to be found in any shackle. It's not going to be found in any chain. It's not going to be found in any vice. It is going to be found in an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. This man who would walk around tombs had no idea that one day a man that would walk out of a tomb would bring healing to him. I'm telling you, if Jesus was still dead, we wouldn't have this conversation. But we are celebrating that he broke the power of death over our life. There's hope for you today. Let's not tolerate what Jesus paid for. I'm not here to introduce you to Celebration Church. I am here to introduce you to Jesus Christ that is still alive today. And I want to pray for you. I don't care what you're facing. I want to pray for you. I know, but my problem's really big. I know, but he paid a really big price on Friday. And that price on that cross was big enough to deal with everything that has been tormenting you. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for every person that's here today. God, you see what we're going through. You see the realness of every situation. 
We may put on our Sunday's best, God, but deep down, you know the innermost parts of us that no one else may know. And God, I'm just praying that you would bring healing to every situation, that you would bring restoration to every situation. God, we believe that you are real, and I am asking yourself in this moment to do what only you can do. With every head bowed and eye closed, I just want to give people an invitation to accept Jesus into their life. Jesus is, is awesome. He, he loves you, but he's not going to force you to have a relationship with him. And I'm just speaking to someone that has spent their life trying to figure this thing out. The purpose of life is knowing him. When you know him, everything else will start to make sense. Today, you can connect to God in a real way. You may be saying, how can I do that, man? You don't know what I was doing yesterday. Your connection to God has zero to do with how well you behave. Your connection to God has everything to do with how perfect Jesus was and how powerful his love was to step right in the middle of everything that you would ever think would disqualify you from knowing God. All you got to do is put your trust in what he did. Andrew, how do you get up on this stage? I put my trust in what he did. I'm not up here because I'm good enough. I'm up here because he's good enough. Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you want this relationship, it's as simple as accepting what he did for you on that cross. And we are going to pray a prayer. And when we do this, it's, it's going to seem real simple, but there is something supernatural that happens in your life. I want you to pray this, repeat this after me, if you're going to make this decision. And just in support of those doing that, would we all as a church family just support the people that are making this decision? I know you may get uncomfortable, but let me, you're going to be spending eternity with these people, so get used to it. Let's pray this. Say this. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you lived for me. And I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God raised you from the dead for me. Today I call you my Savior. And I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate with those? That make Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.